Sean Neds do baseball. I'm Sean. And I'm Eds. And we're bringing you some baseball history. That's right. We're a bi-weekly baseball history podcast where the story catcher doesn't know what the story burper <laughs> Shut up. is going to be telling It just that. happened. It was amazing. <laughs> there we go. Did you? You didn't see it? No. No, it came. You it did, came, it, you oh, did yeah. it off mic. Oh, yeah. No, I am the story <laughs> pitcher this week. But yeah, holy crap. I had a little bubble. <laughs> You were in duress. <laughs> I was in duress. It's I I I I knew it was going to come as soon as we pressed record. Yeah, and it happened. So anyway, we're past that now. So uh, let's carry on with our bi-weekly baseball history podcast. Shop. You, you can follow us this bi-history baseball history podcast at Doing Baseball on Twitter and at Doing Dot Baseball on Instagram. Yeah, we got a TikTok too, and I'm on Sean Do Baseball on Twitter, and I'm at Ed's Do Baseball. Yeah, yeah. We also got a sponsor, a wonderful sponsor, uh, who hopefully will be opening a brick and mortar soon. There, we're talking about Two Loons Brewery, of course, or Two Loons Brewing. You can check them out at twoloonsbrewing.com and check out their IPA available in LCBOs. And uh, of course, everybody, baseball fans, please be of legal drinking age and please enjoy responsibly. Yeah. And of course, before you get started there, Sean, I just want to also thank people for listening to us on whatever platform they've found us on. If they could give us a rating or review, it would uh, kind of hopefully boost our, our listenership a little bit. So if they could take some time, if they have some, to yep. do that, that would be great. We would appreciate it very much. And of course, once again, thanks for listening. Of course, of course. Give us that, that follow or that review or that five-star rating, whatever you can do for us. We would appreciate it. And today, Edzy, uh, you're you're not going to appreciate this one. No. No, I mean, it's really... Is it, it going to get personal? It's, uh, it's not personal. Oh, it's okay. never personal. But this is a story uh, about a guy that gets a lot of chances. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, he continues to get a lot of chances from baseball. Well, I... I, I I would like to point out that you don't get a lot of chances without fucking up a bunch of times. So, oh, buddy, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 that's going to happen on the field and off here. So, uh, okay, I can't wait to hear this story. Yeah, I, it's it's certainly one uh, that that uh, I I was interested from the start of this podcast in doing. Um, so. I should also preface this that there's another person by the exact same name that played baseball and was much better <laughs> okay. and actually had a, a cool career as a reporter. At first, I thought I was going to do this as like one and, and kind of, but then I realized I can't, by the end, no one would know who I'm talking about. <laughs> the two sides of this dude's name. Yeah, originally, uh, originally it was going to be called the two Sam Cranes. Oh, okay. But we're just going to talk about one Sam Crane today, and okay. by the end, you'll find out why. Uh, so Samuel Byram Crane was born on September 13th. 1894 in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, to Thomas and Jenny Crane. They had four children, but only two, Sam and his older brother, or sorry, older sister Maggie, would survive to childhood, or okay. to adulthood. Okay. But either way, childhood, adulthood. The other ones died. That's 
That's too bad. Yes. Uh, Thomas Crane would work as on the railroad. Uh, he was working on the railroad as a fireman and eventually as an engineer. Once again, I must ask, were the hours all the live long day? They absolutely... Uh, it's, I, I would assume if you're an engineer... I mean, I mean, they didn't write the song for nothing. <laughs> they didn't. <laughs> Carry on. So Sam would excel at baseball, uh, and more specifically, at shortstop. Okay. He was built like a bit of a light post. He was about six feet tall and 150 pounds. Okay. Beanpole guy. Beanpole. Uh, apparently, he had quite the vertical and would earn the nickname Leaping Sam. So he can jump. He can jump. Okay. Uh, and he could play a good shortstop, so he's leaping, taking away singles, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if he's tall, he's got a lot of range to begin with. Yeah. And then if he he's he's got the ability to leap, he is he's he leaping must Sam. Be a great defensive shortstop. Then. Well, that's what they called him, leaping Sam. Okay. So unfortunately, leaping Sam couldn't hit for shit. Oh, that's <laughs> but that didn't stop him, because he really was good with the glove. Uh, he Crane. Uh, otherwise known as Leaping Sam, would also be known uh, as Lucky or Red. So Red because of his hair. Okay. And and a lot. I think... I think Why the, Lucky, though? Oh, I don't know. Because <laughs> he kept getting so many good, fucking chances. Okay, I guess that sort of makes sense. <laughs> uh, you'll see. Um, so he played semi-pro ball from a young age around Harrisburg and Dauphin County and would get his first big break in 1913 at the age of 18. Okay. Uh, it would not work out at all. Uh, so Atlantic City of the Class B Tri-State League came calling and signed Crane to his first pro contract. Atlantic City sucked, going forty-two and th- and forty-two and seventy-three, but Crane didn't have to see most of it as he was given the unconditional release by May. So okay, so he wasn't really involved. Yeah, he didn't even really play. Uh, yeah, so. That's his first team. He doesn't play. Uh, Crane would catch on with the Greensboro Patriots, though, of the Class D North Carolina State League. There at 19, Crane would hit 244 in 455 ABs with just 21 extra base hits, including four home runs. Somehow, that was good enough to lead his very bad team in total basis. <laughs> okay, so they're not good. They're not good. Um, but that's so, not a terrible season, I guess, like, by today's standards. but I mean, still, like, no doubles. Like, yeah, I understand the true, home runs were true. the same. There, right. was, there was only, you know, like, 15 doubles or so. Yeah, um, okay, you're right. Yeah, so... Uh, you can probably guess by that that they weren't very good, and, and they were the worst hitting team in the league, and they finished fifth out of sixth with a 47-67 and 67 record. Okay. Also dismal. Yes. But there was something good that happened, because maybe it was his glove, because he was making great defensive plays, or maybe it was because the rest of the team sucks so much that Crane made a huge impression on one of the opposing managers, a man named... I think it's early Mac. I think it's early. It's it's Earl with an E at the end. Okay. So well, I feel like that's still just Earl. Okay. We'll call him Earl. Earl, Earl Mac. Mac. So so he sees uh, what's his name again? He Sam Crane. Sam Crane. So he sees Sam Crane, and he's I guess sort of for lack of a better term stands out because he's a big fish in a small pond sort of. So. Yeah, he's the best hidden guy on a weak team, and he's a really good defensive shortstop. Okay. Uh. Earl Mack 
was son of Connie Mac. Oh, okay. Yeah. Was he the first son? I don't know. Because then it would make sense that he was early. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. I'm here for people. Thank you, Edzy. <laughs> uh, so Earl recommended Crane to his father, who was looking for a shortstop. After the minor league season, Mac drafted Crane. I don't know how that really worked, but he drafted him for five hundred dollars. Okay. Uh, so just like that, Sam Crane made. Who did his, he give five hundred dollars to? Probably his the, to the, Crane or to whatever his team was in the Carolina oh, okay. League. I got you. So I would he assume purchased his contract. Yes, essentially. Yeah. Um, so he purchases his contract. Just like that, Sam Crane made his major league debut with the Philadelphia Athletics on October 2nd, 1914, three weeks after his 20th birthday. So Buddy flushes out of a team and doesn't even make it at 18, and two seasons later he's starting. <laughs> All of a sudden he's on well, the Athletics. Yeah, but it's the end of the season, right? It's October 2nd. Oh, okay. So it's the equivalent of like a September call-up. Right. Uh, because the A's had already secured the pennant at that point. Right. So they were resting guys. Okay. Um, I give this guy a, give a shot up here. Yeah. Um, so his glove looked good, but the bat was an issue. He appeared in just two games that fall and went a combined 0 for 6 with two walks and three strikeouts. Still, mm. he was invited to spring training, and uh, the sporting life opined about Crane that offseason. And I quote, While the lad looks to be a grand fielder, his sticking looked mighty weak, especially on curveballs. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it's uh, it is likely that Connie will take him south, change his style to overcome the weakness or this weakness, and then send him out for another season's experience. This is the usual custom with Connie, and he gets st- startling results from players who apparently do to be weak hitters always. Okay, so they're they're not too down on him. Yeah. They think Connie Mack's system will work out for him as it has before for other players. Yeah. Of okay. course. Okay. This doesn't happen. Okay. <laughs> so, Eds, after spring training ended, Crane was sent down to, to Richmond of the International League. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Crane reflected uh, after, I wasn't a wonder with the bat, though Mr. Mack and Harry Davis tried hard to teach me how to hit. I guess they gave, up, gave it up as a bad job, for I was shipped to Richmond in the International League in 1915. <laughs> so, okay. himself, he was just he's like... He's like, I sucked. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and he, he kind of did, so he's in Richmond. He's still with the team, but like yeah. he's in the minors. Yeah. Uh, 97 games in Richmond, Crane hit 257. Uh, once again, he'd get the call up at the end of the year. On August 23rd, uh, Mac recalled... Uh, his shortstop, or his new shortstop. Unfortunately for everyone, <laughs> Crane came down ill and could only play eight games and collected just two hits, but they were both doubles and 24 at-bats. Okay. But he was sick, right? Yeah. He got sick and almost died, probably. I couldn't figure out what <laughs> it was. But he was down for like two or three weeks with this illness in September, so he kind of missed a shot. Um, but I guess it was those... Yeah. Two doubles because Max surprised everyone that offseason by saying, and I quote, Crane is my shortstop, and I think he will prove a wonder at the place. He was, tr- he was tried there a few games last season, but was too ill, all right. I don't know of any shortstop who is knocking down fences. I am perfectly satisfied with Crane. Larry Knopf, 
whom I sent to Baltimore, is still under an athletic contract, but I th- didn't want him this year because I consider Crane to be the superior player. Okay. I mean, I guess that's true that the shortstops aren't, like, home run hitters or whatever, but, like, it sounds like Crane doesn't even hit at all, so... Well, he's saying he's sick. He's going to hit better. He's going to hit better. And I totally butchered Larry Kopf's name. It's K-O-P-F. Kopf? Yeah. I think I tried. I tried. (laughs) Sorry, Larry. Um, So... uh, so you're like, great, he's the starting shortstop for the 1916 season, right? Yeah, that's yeah. great. Uh, Philadelphia, right in the middle of a dynasty, right? Philadelphia A's, well, they're coming. They're, it's on the downside. Oh, yeah, and they're starting okay. to, yeah. So now I'm thinking that maybe Connie Mack's just getting cheap. Yeah. I gotcha. But Crane wouldn't stick around too much because uh, his starting shortstop lasted uh, two days. For Crane? Yep. Just two days? Yep, so uh, he started on opening day, April 12th. And the following day, uh, unfortunately for Crane, he developed a Charlie horse and couldn't play. Whitey Whip stepped in uh, for the injured Crane and became the A's shortstop for the next five seasons. Okay. <laughs> so he That's gets too bad. a Charlie horse and yeah. his time with the A's is pretty much done. So he gets sent back to Baltimore of the International League. And he batted a paltry 222 over 63 games and 221 at-bats. So, he might be washed at this yeah, point, right? Yeah, it sounds like he probably is. Yeah. So, it was clear he had the defense, but the bat was not great. Uh, the Syracuse Herald reported, uh, and I quote, He is one of the cleverest infielders, and if he was a good clouder, he would be a star in the big show. Mm. So, everyone okay, just... Okay, so everyone is just, like, continuously touting how good his his defense is, but they're also, like... He's shit at batting, and it's like a big, it's noticeable. Yeah, if this guy could hit, he'd be the whole package. Can he hit? No! No. (laughs) (laughs) So that offseason, Crane was traded, uh, as you could guess. And on January 27th, uh, he he sent, uh, the Senators traded Rip Williams and Jack Bentley and Turner Barber to Baltimore for the 22-year-old shortstop. Clark Griffith, the owner, uh, manager, whatever, was uh, was hopeful Crane would replace George McBride, who's an aging shortstop, aging out, just like Mac Griffin or Griffith hoped Crane Crane's bat would be at least passable in order to have his great defense. Mm-hmm. The only problem was we can hide him at eighth. Yeah, in the order, you know. Yeah, the only problem was Ed's. He was not good at defense that year. Oh, no. (laughs) What happened now? He put up a career-low 889 fielding percentage and 16 errors at shortstop uh, in 1917 uh, for Washington. And you'll see he did not play that many games. (laughs) Okay. So opening day, April 17th to June 19th, Crane hit 179. So he's on the, the decline in all aspects of the game. Yeah. So your starting shortstop has is hitting under 200, two doubles after, yeah. you know, he's uh, like eight, not that many plate appearances, but but still, it's it's not good. So the experiment ended. His, his defense isn't good either. Mm-hmm. So Griffith farmed him out to his old minor league teammate, Joe Cantillon of the Mine- Minneapolis Millers in the American Association. And somehow, Edzie, 
Sam Crane hit a staggering 332 in 53 games for Minneapolis. Damn, it sounds like someone's going to give him another chance, John. Well, he gets recalled at the end of the year, and he again. All right. So, by Griffith? Yeah, by Griffith. Okay. Uh, uh, so, it, he, he can't hit when he gets back to the big league. Oh, he goes no. four for 22. Uh, with no extra base hits in, in six games. Uh, so it would not be a good one. Uh, you know, yeah, so, like, there's jokes about this afterwards. Everyone's just like, oh, whatever the uh, the, the association was. Minneapolis, sorry, I'm looking at American up. Association. American Everyone's like, oh, Crane's a star there. You know the pitchers can't be good. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, so. Yeah, that may, yeah, that does not bode well for the, for the American Association, I guess. Yeah. But train gets crane, train gets craned, crane gets traded again, and uh, 1918 would not be a good one for Sam Crane's career. So, also should thank uh, Brian McKenna uh, for his saber bio uh, for this episode. There's the, a lot of great uh, input from that. So, I'm going to quote directly from uh, that saber bio by Brian McKenna. Uh, in a quote, when the Senators trained in Atlanta in 1918, Griffith saw catcher Val Panich. Pichinich, sorry, uh, a Cincinnati farmhand playing with local Southern a local Southern Association club. In March, Griffin initiated trade discussions, offering Crane and other players. Crane held up the deal because he didn't want to play in the South, but eventually he and Marito Acosta were sent to Atlanta. Crane batted 243 in 40 games for the Crackers. On June 16th, he was sent to the Indianapolis uh, to Indianapolis in the American Association, a club managed by Naplejoie. Near the end of July, Indianapolis sent him to the Baltimore Orioles, <laughs> who offered him more pay and assurance of a steady of steady playing time. He appeared in 48 games for the Orioles. He batted a pretty decent. Two four or two seventy six in August. Crane returned to Indianapolis in a total of forty games with Indy at shortstop. He batted just a measly two oh nine. He's all over the place. Yeah, like both physically and statistically. Well, that's why I just passed the buck off to Brian McKenna there to be like, how do I sum up this season? <laughs> yeah, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, despite the numbers, Ed's Crane stuck with Indianapolis. Uh, he recorded 146 hits in 149 games. This is the next year, uh, it, hitting 253 with nine triples. His defense was much worse by the looks of it, though, as he made 70 errors at shortstop. Oh my god! Yeah, what's going on? Well, I mean, you get a lot of plays at shortstop. I don't think yeah, it's uncommon your body to to beat up. Yeah, but. make that many errors even at the time. As long as like, also remember defensively. Right, this is the whole metrics thing, right? If you can get to balls other people can't get to, mm-hmm. then like automatically you're gonna make more errors. Yeah. So that's true. So that's the other thing. Like maybe he's absolutely picking it. It's just he gets to everything and he, you know doesn't mm-hmm. always work out. So mm-hmm. um so Crane, uh, yeah, so once again, Crane gets a crack at the big leagues, this time with the Cincinnati Reds, who trade for him during, or just after the 1919 season. At 25 at this point, Crane would play a utility role for the Reds, 
and even got a shot to play full-time late in the season when shortstop... <laughs> fucking Larry's back. I didn't even notice this. Larry Kopp <laughs> broke his thumb late in the year. Nice. Uh, he got another chance to pronounce his name. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know that. I should really read these things a few more times. Yeah. Still, Crane uh, Crane's bat did not translate as he put up a pathetic uh, 505 OPS in oh. 54 games, recording just four extra base hits in 242 plate oh appearances. God. Yeah, it's uh, bad. Brutal. So Crane's on the verge of being labeled, well, not even on the verge of being labeled a quad A player. He's pretty much a quad A player at this point, right? But Larry Goff, third time Larry, threatened (laughs) to retire a few times, and the Reds kept Crane around for another season. They had a deal together. (laughs) Like, you just threatened him to retire. (laughs) (laughs) They'll keep paying me. So at 26 now, Crane would play in the most games of his career in the major leagues in one season at 73 games. He would hit 233 with 10 doubles and two triples, and he had a hit 297 on-base percentage, which is uh, pretty good for Sam Crane. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad for him. Yeah, yeah. So uh, pretty bad for most other major leaguers, right? Mm-hmm. So on January 24th, 1922... <sighs> Crane would get another chance. <laughs> he gets traded to the Brooklyn Dodgers for uh, Pete Kilduff, Ernie Krueger, and $7,500 in cash. They're like, they're trading, like, they're not trading nothing for him. Yeah, they well, Seems like most of, I mean, I don't know the, the quality of those players, but. Oh, yeah, everybody remembers yeah, the great Ernie Krueger. I'm going to get like a letter. It's Kruger. <laughs> I was just saying, I'm going to get like a letter. <laughs> he is the unsung hero of baseball. Sorry. Uh, so uh, he, he even, uh, the Dodgers even move Ivy Olsen to second base uh, to, to make room for Sam. Okay. <laughs> So, he must have been like a nice guy. Like, people must have liked him. You're going to regret saying (laughs) that so soon. (laughs) So, um, yeah, he, he, once again, this is just, this is just a a little three game blip. He plays three games uh, in the majors for the Dodgers. He goes two for eight uh, in a series against the New York Giants from April 21st to 23rd, 1922. But he made a costly couple of mental errors and physical errors, too, allowing the Giants to win the game. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Andy High took over at shortstop, and with that, Sam Crane's major league career comes to an end. <laughs> That's it. Yep. His so major I'm sure he goes on to a very nice life. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll sum up his... He's not done with baseball yet. So oh, okay. he, I'll sum up his major league career, though. 549 plate appearances, a wonderful OPS of 516, and a negative two baseball war. Oh. So. Nice. May 4th, he gets sent to Seattle of the Pacific Coast League for cash. Uh, and in Seattle, uh, Crane would find a little bit of stability, uh, and unfortunately, he he meets his wife there too, Velma V. Unfortunately, yeah, it's for her, for her. She <laughs> okay. she didn't deserve this. So Velma <laughs> V. Peterson, uh, so they they get bit foreshadowing. Yeah, they get married. They'd have a, two kids as well. Uh, but as you can guess by the way I'm talking about it, things did not end happily ever after. Crane. Continue would play three years in Seattle and played half-decently, even helping the team win uh, a PCL pennant in 1924. 
Uh, but on June 11th, 1925, at the age of 30 and coming off an ankle injury, so he's not played a lot this year because of an ankle injury, so uh. he commits three errors in the second inning of a game on June 11th, 1925. And he's just like, fuck it, I'm done. Like, second inning. I fucking, I'm done. He's like, ah, I suck. I'm yep. out of here. So he just goes. He just, peace. I'll takes see his, you guys. Takes his cleats off. And yeah, went into the locker room, you know, got jazzed, uniform showered, put on his suit. I assume showered. Yeah, I'm going to assume showered. I pictured him showering. I mean, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, so he, he just retires. He's just like, fuck it, I'm done. Okay. Um, uh, him and Velma, or not Velma, what's her name? Uh, Thelma, not Velma. Uh, him and Thelma go back uh, to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. So eventually Seattle would sell his rights to Buffalo that offseason, and Crane would return to play baseball uh, the next year. He'd, he'd actually do pretty well for the Bisons in, of Buffalo, uh, hitting uh, 276 in 110 games. Uh, but his ankle must have healed, too, uh, because he was playing marvelous again at shortstop. Okay. So the San Antonio Light is talking about him, and I quote, One of the most valuable players among the Buffalo regulars is shortstop Sam Crane, who is daily putting off marvelous fielding stunts, many of his stops appearing to, of the impossible order. Wow, of the impossible order. Well, it says of impossible order. I just sometimes throw conjunctions and stuff in there. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, anyways. Six uh, of one. I I didn't mean to. It just happened. So anyways, yeah, he's he's marvelous. He's 31. He's still picking it at shortstop somehow. Um, And he's transferred to Reading. I think, I'm not sure exactly why, but I think to... uh, to be a little closer to home. Uh, and this is his last year in baseball in 1927. And he hits just 196 in 113 games for Reading. Okay. So it's over. But it the story's not over. It could have kept going because oh. Sam Crane was invited uh, to spring training with the Bisons in 1928 uh, and basically disputed his salary with the Bisons. And chose not to play baseball, and instead took a job at a hotel and cafe as a clerk. Not in Buffalo. No, and wherever near where, where he lives, Harrisburg. Near yeah, Harrisburg. yeah. So uh, yeah, he's just like, no, I'm so not playing baseball out. anymore. He's oh, yeah, he's holding out. out. He's holding out. And the reason he's holding out, Edzie, is because Sam Crane is in love, not with his wife, not with baseball, <laughs> not with baseball, <laughs> not with his wife. Okay, Sam Crane. Is cheating on his wife. I, I assumed that. Yes, with a woman named Della Leiter. Della Leiter. Yeah, so she's a, she's a divorcee, and, and she's, I don't know, she's a clerk at some office. I don't know why that's important, but it was mm-hmm. written in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's having issues. He's having this affair uh, and he, while he's playing for Reading in 1927. And Crane had met the 25-year-old Della Leiter, who also was from Harrisburg, and she was in Reading at the time. So the two struck up a relationship, and Crane basically was like, you are my life. I love this woman. Okay. And Thelma went, you are divorced. <laughs> she was like, okay. Yeah. You got your wish, buddy. Well, I mean, it takes some time, especially yeah. back then. Yeah. But basically, his wife's pissed. And, you know, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and, Fair and, enough. 
And yeah, Sam's just like, fuck it. I don't care. So he gets like the wife and the kids are living at obviously their place. He doesn't like kick them out, but they need a place to live. So Sam Crane mortgages his parents' house. His mom's the only one alive. Yeah. He mortgages his parents' house and gets him and Della an apartment together. <laughs> okay. And this might have been the reason why he was holding out for more money from the Bisons as well. Yeah, so wink, he can get wink. some apartment money. Yeah, well, just more love money for his, you know. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's got a lifestyle to keep up. <laughs> That's you right. You know, he's got a new woman. Yeah. Um, so Crane basically. We'll fake our death. You go get a couple corpses. <laughs> You're going to regret <laughs> saying these things <laughs> so soon. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 not that. Okay, but you not, know, not, I mean, not. It's, it's not. Anyways, so uh, Crane had <laughs> blown up everything in his life for Della, but the relationship would not last. So he basically Della. quits. Yeah, Della. He quits baseball. He divorces. He leaves his family. He yeah. puts his mom's house on the line. Yeah. And the relationship really only lasts another like year. Okay. So, so they, she's like, it's over, and he's like... Sounds like he needs another chance. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, my God. And at this point, she's seeing an old boyfriend named John D. Oren. Who is? Uh, Della. Okay. Yeah. So she's struck it up with another new guy. Okay, after the fact. And yeah. Crane is like, no, I'm still in this. <laughs> he's like, I still got a chance. You're uh, telling me there's a chance. Yeah, yeah. So a year into the relationship, uh, Della and Crane's relationship, uh, it would end uh, in July 1929. And to top it all off, Ed's the same month that it ended with Della, the divorce with Thelma became finalized. Okay. So Crane. So it's all. It's so all. all <laughs> you yeah, fucked yeah, up, buddy. Yeah. You fucked up. Is it after March? No, it's it's in July. Oh, yeah, yeah. it is after. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know your months. <laughs> we'll talk about that after, yeah. man. Don't bring that up. <laughs> so, so the stock market's crashed. He's uh, lost. Oh, yeah. every, everything's bad. Yeah, everything's yeah, okay. bad. Yeah. So you think Sam Crane was at rock bottom. He'd given up everything for Della, his baseball career, his family, his mom's fucking house. But Ed's, Sam Crane, got a million chances in the MLB, so why not with Della? Sam still thinks he has a chance and often drove Della's car around when they were together. So he's like, well, I'll just take her car around and go pick her up somewhere. We'll go. own damn car. Yeah. So he gets arrested for taking her car. That's not a fucking good plan. (laughs) It's not a good plan. But Della's like, I'll just commit a crime. (laughs) I'll steal her car and then I'll kidnap her yes so uh, Dell is like look just arrest him and tell him to not take my car but like don't charge him okay Okay. (laughs) so this is America and Crane is is very not great and one night uh, he, he well not one night he's drinking <laughs> I was wondering if he was drinking oh, this whole time. The, like at, I don't know if he was drinking a lot early in it his career like he was drinking well, I was I, I, I think early in his career he, he sounded like he had his shit I feel together. like there was a period where his defense suffered that he was drinking like I like your I hypothesis mean, just, I mean just hypothesizing I, but, but this is on the record this is okay. this is on the state record that I, I, Sam Crane when both of these relationships ended was a hammer hits. was just fucking 
boozed. Okay. All right. So uh, he was Aug- tight. <laughs> yeah. So he's been drinking for a while, and one night he's like, "Hey, let's mix some guns with this." <laughs> oh, this sounds like a grand idea. <laughs> well, at first he's like, "I'm gonna get all wasted and kill myself." Well, oh, that's no, what, that's not. A good that's idea. what he says. At least that probably was not the case because in on fact, August third, nineteen twenty nine, Sam Crane, who is very drunk. Uh, he claimed later, as I said, he was planning to kill himself, but whether that was happenstance, uh, whatever. Crane comes upon Della and John. Okay. So, I'm going to read it. Uh, there's a, like it's not going to be good. No, no. And it, and it comes upon is, is probably not the right word. That's what ends up kind of being the record, but like it is, uh, he probably was Praise looking. upon? Finds them, stalks them. (laughs) Praise upon them. Yes. Yeah, that's a great one. So I'm going to read from another article here. This is Andrew Martin's Meet. Make light. Yeah. No. But this is Andrew Martin. You're not going to want to make light of this. Andrew Martin's Median article. uh, uh, This is a great little uh, piece. uh, Yeah, it's just great. Great. It's great (laughs) to just put together this uh, this night. So August 3rd, 1929. uh, Crane, who was extremely drunk, encountered Lighter, who was in company of John D. Oren a bricklayer and her new boyfriend. The cu- new couple were at a at a bar at the Bria, Bria Hotel in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. A confrontation ensued, and Crane followed the pair into a side room, where he pulled out a gun. As Oren and Leiter sat at a table, Crane began firing at the helpless pair. He let off five shots, hitting each victim twice. Oren... Oren had been playing ukulele earlier in the evening and tried using it to defend himself, stumbling forward and striking Crane twice before collapsing with bullets in his abdomen. What a grisly scene. And to finish off the quote, he died just hours after the shooting while Leiter lingered for days before succumbing to her injuries. Mm, That's terrible. So he beats Crane with a fucking ukulele before he dies, at least. Yeah, I got a few good shots in there. Yeah, so that's fucked. Um, so Crane also has to fight his way out of the hotel, because uh, he just killed... He, yeah, he just fired off four shots in there. And it's like a busy... It's like 11 o'clock at yeah. a bar, yeah. right? On a, it's like it's packed. And they were sitting at the table? Did he make them sit at the table? That's no, they were in up. a side room. Oh, okay. Like their little private them booth. over there? Yeah. I got you. Yeah. He didn't like force them in there. He didn't force them in there. He okay. found them in there. I got you. You know, okay. but uh, either way. and, and that'd be pretty messed up. Yeah, in some accounts, like Oren's like playing the ukulele. Everybody tries to like dramatize it and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. you know, but at the same point, he was holding a ukulele. That's for sure because he bashed it over Crane's head a couple times. Okay. Um, so a few people tried to stop Crane on the way out. There was one account that said like the bartender hit him over the head with a... a a, a bark tap or whatever, but either way, he gets loose, but he loses his gun in the process, and he goes on the lam for a few hours. Um, and he apparently, like, yeah, he, like, goes back. He'd seen some friends earlier, and they were like, wow, Sam, you're fucking ham-showed. And he's like, I get my gun, and I'm just going in places. And they're like, <laughs> I got well, things to do. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, that's... Don't question me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then he came back. You're not getting away with this. <laughs> What's came... that, Sam? Nothing. <laughs> and then he comes back all bloody without the gun. <laughs> and they're like, what happened, Sam? Oh, don't worry about it. I fell down. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know that's who exactly told him, uh, but one of his friends is like, uh, you need to lay low while, maybe find a relative. No, it sounded like these people were good, because Sam oh, Crane okay. walked into a police station at 3 a.m., and he's still absolutely hammered, and he says to the officers, I'm told I shot somebody. 
<laughs> oh man! So they told him to turn himself in. Yeah, that's they, good. It, that's it's, good. his friends were like, "Oh no!" Yeah, like so. Crane's he's, he's hammered enough that he takes that advice, and, and, and he's still bleeding from the head when he walks. Yeah, into the, the ukulele wound. Yeah, or the bar tab, or both, or True. like you know. Yeah. So Crane's questioned. He's arrested, and he's sent to the hospital also to get his head wound stitched up as well. So mm-hmm. don't worry, Eds. Because Sam Crane, just like his defense at shortstop, was full of chances. <laughs> full of chances. Well, very sound defense, right? Oh, okay. His lawyer says uh, he is not responsible because he was drunk. Oh, well, I mean, I guess that's a good defense. Yeah. You're not sound. No, it's not a good defense. It's not a good defense. There, But they were like, no. Back he, then it was. They were not. They were they weren't like, oh, he got drunk. It was like, no, he'd been drinking for days. <laughs> he was out of his mind. Yeah. He wasn't a normal drunk. Yeah. This was a bender. So there, there would be two separate uh, trials uh, for Crane. And Crane would testify that, that he was insane from love and alcohol. Okay. Um, with his lawyer really hammering away how drunk he was. <laughs> and he was claiming Crane had been drinking almost nonstop Exhibit since Exhibit A is just a pile of <laughs> bottles and cans. <laughs> yeah, he's like, this guy's just been wasted since the, she broke up with him. Of course, like, it's he terrible. also dabbles in mescaline. Yeah. <laughs> so even more fucked up, Crane and his lawyers slandered and blamed Della, saying she was only with him for the money. And listing things he had bought her. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Horrible. 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 <laughs> like, ask for it back. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> oh, my God. So he would say, this piece of shit, I even mortgaged my mother's home to buy things for Della. And, <laughs> and that- I made really poor financial decisions. <laughs> It's her fault that I'm a moron. Yeah, and and they would uh, they they slandered her as an installment plan lover, which once again you don't get to kill somebody for that. You left another family. You did. You, you had another family going yeah, on. Yeah, I told and you. And you dipped for that one. And this is the person whose morals were wrong. Yeah. Oh God. So um, the the prosecution is like no. He hunted them down and murdered them in cold blood. He deserves to be executed. Uh-huh. You know, oh, first degree know murder. Execute, but, but like first you know, degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if yeah. you don't get you know, first degree is like you planned it and yeah, and, yeah. And second degree is like well, it was passion and like you know if you just two people that like you know happen to meet and hate each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, there's a difference, right? And and you can only get like hung or whatever at this time if you get first degree murder charges. Okay. So, um he he they're see they're like for both. They're like no, he deserves to die. Um so uh yeah, like he yeah, so Crane's lawyer claimed he was there to show off an autograph to some friends. So, like, he went to the bar to just show off an autograph to some friends. An and, autograph that he got? I guess, yeah. Here's my autograph. <laughs> I'm showing it off. <laughs> I'm was, wasted, guys. No, I can't explain. There might have been a flare. I forgot to mention in there. But he yeah. was like, oh, no, he was showing off that he'd got this autograph from this other baseball guy. Okay. And Della and Orin just happened to be there. And he killed them. Uh, so Crane's life... 
So second degree at best. Yeah, you get second degree. Okay. Uh, so uh, partially because he was drunk, uh, the, the court agreed that he could not have planned it that well because of how drunk he was. It don't matter. <laughs> it does not matter. It doesn't matter yeah. that your drunk plan was not a good plan. I know. It was still a plan. Yeah, but anyways, so he he still gets second degree. So, so he gets found guilty on two counts of second degree murder. He gets sentenced to 18 to 36 years in prison. Okay. Yeah, so there is people, I've heard people say he's the first major leaguer to get sentenced to murder, but mm-hmm. we've done guys on this podcast already Yeah, that have murdered people. But maybe it's, like, because they got, like, manslaughter or, like... Yeah, maybe. Like, I don't know. But either way, You're Sam Crane... semantics at that point. Yeah, that's yeah. why I find that stupid. So Sam Crane kills somebody. He's, he's, he kills two people. Uh, and he begins his sentence and falls into a deep depression. Ah, uh, as you might. baseball comes back. Prison baseball. There is a little prison baseball, but Connie Mack... Comes back, Etsy. Comes to visit him at prison. Yeah. So Connie Mack starts visiting Crane regularly. Why? Because he likes him. I don't know. Yeah, it. I told you he was a nice guy. <laughs> Too bad it didn't work out after yeah. the A's. What did you do after that? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> so he, he visits Crane, right? And he's alarmed at, like, Sam's mental state. Because okay. he's in jail for at least, you know, probably the next 20 years. Yeah. Minimum. Yeah. Uh, and he's alarmed like that he's super depressed that he's yeah. in prison. Yeah. Okay. Which is fucked up. He killed two people, Connie. Like, he killed two like people, God. Mr. Mac. Yeah, like, <laughs> don't worry about that guy. <laughs> well, I mean, like, but, like, of course he's going to be depressed. So he, yeah. Mac then takes it upon himself, his very famous self in Pennsylvania, remember, to make sure prison officials knew about Crane's mental state and they took care of him. Okay. So, there you go. Like, not, not, not great, Connie. No. Um, but uh, either way, Crane would settle into prison life. He he got a pet squirrel named Pete. <laughs> he did. Uh, and he would work as a clerk and even drove the prison fire truck. Etsy. There was even baseball inside. Crane played and managed uh, the prison team, who would host local semi-pro teams on Saturdays. But the prison banned baseball for a period following an inmate riot in 1934. Okay, fair enough. So that's cool though. They got to play against like some some teams coming in against them. They weren't just playing scrimmages all the time. No, exactly, exactly. So um, I'm just double checking this here, just so I knew I had the date right. Uh, so he's in prison life. He's got a squirrel named Pete, uh, and everything's <laughs> going fine. Uh, and Connie Mack not only visits along with there's a lot of like people like chief bender visits him there's a bunch of like very famous baseball players always like coming to visit him in this prison i don't know why mm-hmm. uh and they advocate uh specifically connie mack advocates for crin for crane with prison officials uh <laughs> appealing for early parole all right. So he's getting. We him. need this guy to pitch. Get him out of here. <laughs> so not pitch. Not pitch. Yeah. He's a shitty hitter. He's, he's like shitty shortstop. So five years after a double murder, and Connie Mack's like, oh, yeah, let him out. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Mack was quite alarmist to the prison parole board, uh, and he said, "I'm afraid that if something is not done for this boy, it will be too late. He is on the verge of a mental breakdown." 
Maybe that was earlier in his uh, stay, but uh, yeah, mm-hmm. he is uh, like, yeah, dude, he killed a couple people. Yeah. <laughs> so He's serving a prison sentence. Luckily, have even... you met any other prisoners? <laughs> <laughs> They're not happy people. Yeah. <laughs> so Crane uh, was 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 turned down for his first parole after just five years, uh, but that didn't stop Mac from showing up. Next year, in 1936, he said, Gentlemen, please give this man his liberty before it's too late. He is at the point where he is losing hope. He is determined to make good. Give him that chance, please, before he is beyond redemption. Once again. It's so weird that he cares so much. I know. (laughs) I don't understand the relationship. So Mac would continue to show up, and and he would continue to. I mean, Crane would continue to get turned down. Mm-hmm. They kept being like, "It's no, <laughs> like it's not been long enough." It's okay, Mister McGillicuddy, return back, back to us. <laughs> so yeah, uh, so uh, so, um, what's his name? Ba 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 ba. Sam Crane. No, the other one, Connie Mac, uh, would even be like, "I'll give him a job. Like he can come and work for he can me." Play and, uh, you know. So and and and. To Crane's, like, I need a mascot. My hunchback midget is gone. That's a terrible thing to say. But it's a true thing to say, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, so Crane continuously got po- turned down for parole. He is like a good prisoner, right? Uh, but yeah. at the same point, he's 11 years into his sentence, and, and attorney R.D. Hospers, who opposed Crane's release, said very well, Red Crane has a debt to pay to society. He is paying it admirably, but it has not been paid yet. Which is like, yeah, all right, yeah, sure. If you were, you know, Della or Oren's family, you'd, you'd roll, you'd be sick at that. But. Yeah, well, no, you'd be like, yeah, he does not deserve to get out. Oh, yes, sorry. Yeah. No, that's what he's saying. He's yeah. like, yeah, he, he's doing it good, but he does not, he's not done enough time right. yet. Sorry, I thought that was Max saying that. No, this was the attorney, uh, R.D. Hospers, who opposed mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, Eventually, things would turn in Crane's favor a few years later, and he was granted early parole after 11 per- attempts by himself and Mac on September 5th, 1944, after serving 15 years for taking the life, uh, for taking two lives. Crane was released on parole. So, upon his release, Crane told Don Bassenfelder of the Sporting News. Uppermost in my thoughts at this time is to thank everybody who has helped me in this struggle. I'd like to get some new clothes, see my mother in Harrisburg, and go fishing. Okay. Yeah, like once again. Like, no, you don't mention, like, yeah, I'm like, sorry I yeah, killed no, two people. No remorse, like, <laughs> statement at all in there. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's, like, selective quoting by this guy, but, oh, like, it sounds very callous. Yeah. It yeah. sounds... Uh, yeah. It sounds, he says his struggle. Yeah. <laughs> My struggle's been pretty bad, guys. I got drunk, and uh, I don't remember uh, what happened, but they put happened, me in jail. People are dead, and I ended up in jail for um, 15 years. What was me? <laughs> <laughs> so he also That's said, silly. I've never stopped following baseball while I've been in there. Uh, uh, saying the prison would sometimes even play the games on the radio throughout the prison, which would be... Kind of cool, I guess. Mm-hmm. So Bassenfelder also reported that upon his release, Crane would receive a suit of clothes manufactured in the prison tailor shop according to his measurements and specifications and a $10 banknote as a, as the state's parting gift. 
As Here's a suit and ten bucks, buddy. I, bet, I doubt Don't prisoners... Don't let the door hit you on the way out. There's no way prisoners get that nowadays. No. Um, as his promise... Yeah, pay ten bucks to get out. <laughs> Jeez, it's... I, oh, my God, yes. As, as, his, as promised, a month after his release, Connie Mack offered Crane a job working maintenance at Shag Park. Crane had told reporters... I'll be happy to take any kind of job that Mr. Mac has for me. But somewhat hilariously, Ed, Crane turns down the job to make more money working at a war plant. <laughs> He's like, thanks. Thanks, Mr. Mac. <laughs> thanks, Mr. Mac. Thanks for uh, all the years of support. <laughs> yeah, and advocacy. Uh, what are you paying me? Oh, fuck this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love baseball. What? I can make $10. Anyways, um, Sam Crane was a piece of shit. He killed some people and uh, Connie Mac went to bat for him uh, a lot and he died of cancer at age 61 on November 12th 1955 wow yep what a wild story yeah <laughs> just kept getting chances yeah yeah he got too many chances and look what happened yeah this is what happens yeah <laughs> this is gonna end up in like in the in the MLB like law like being quoted for why they should make the minor leagues smaller <laughs> <laughs> Like, see what happens if we give too many guys chances? Yeah. <laughs> you listen to this episode? <laughs> it's history. <Yeah. laughs> oh, God. Well, that was Sam Crane. And there's another Sam Crane who is... Yeah, we're going to have to figure out what goes on with that Sam yeah, Crane. Yeah, we might just do that one day. Yeah. So uh, until then... Well, once uh, again, thanks for that story, Sean. No problem, Edzie. And uh, and until then, uh, yeah, follow us on Twitter at doing.baseball. Edzie oh, at doing baseball. Oh, God. On at Twitter. doing baseball on Twitter. Edzie, I'm hot. And, Keep going. And on Instagram, at doing.baseball. And TikTok, at doing baseball. I'm at Sean do baseball and on I'm Twitter. At, and I'm at Ed's do baseball on Twitter. That's and, right. Uh, check out Two Loons at twoloonsbrewing.com. Uh be of legal drinking age and please enjoy responsibly. Yeah, I have to say that every time. <laughs> I anyway, think I do. All right. Well, in <laughs> case we do, there it was. Uh, thanks for tuning in. And uh, until next time, I'm Sean. And I'm Ed. And we were bringing you the baseball history. Okay. Bye. Bye. Test. Let's go. We're testing. <laughs> Just, you, you false started the test. I did. I always false start. Always. You don't want to sing Lover Boy this time? Oh my god, no. <laughs> no. Alright, test. Testing. We're testing. There's a fan on in this room. It's a meatball test this time. We should probably turn that you fan on. You think so? Yeah, yeah I Probably. Yeah, probably. It feels nice though. I know it does. It's going to get hot as balls in here. 
already hot in here. I know. I'm All sorry. Right. It's a small room. 